Hey friend, you are listening to the Pro Organizers Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Brown. I'm a professional home organizer, decluttering specialist, and business coach. I created POC to empower you to reach new heights in your business. Through insightful interviews, expert guidance, and actionable strategies, we will equip you with the tools that you need to excel. This podcast is not just about tidying up spaces. It's about building a supportive sisterhood of passionate professional organizers. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, this podcast is for you. So let's do this. Welcome back to the Pro Organizers Coach podcast and YouTube channel. Today, I have Kristen McElroy, and she is going to talk to us about, as an organizer, how do we get the sale whenever we are in a consultation? And so first, Kristen, thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate you so much. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about you first, when you got started as an organizer, how long you've been doing this what your business name is, and then we'll kind of get into the conversation. Honestly, to be an organizer, I wanted to start about 10 years ago <laughs> when I lived in Charleston. I found out there was a NAPO near me, and I was like, hey, I'm already right here. Let's go ahead and get started. And then fear took over, and I didn't do it. And then after I had my daughter and I was already staying at home and I wasn't actually working, I decided, okay, well, there's a reason for me not to. If I fail, I'll continue doing what I'm doing. If I don't, then I have a business. Um, so I started Righty Tidy in March of 2020, right after I had my daughter, and then COVID hit. <laughs> <laughs> so I had one flight in May, and then absolutely nothing for two years. And then my second client was also my first client. So I actually got her again. I did such a great job that she hired me again. And this time was a complete declutter and move. So I also got her set up in her new house. So that was kind of where I got started. And then from there, it's progressed for new clients. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I love about you, Kristen, which just to let like the listeners know um, a couple of things, one is that you're in the group um, membership and how we came up with this topic for today is we were in a group coaching session and all of us, like some of the people that are kind of newer, we're talking about consultations. We all had a really good conversation on what we're going to talk about today. And then Trista, who's also in the group, messaged me after and was like, oh my gosh, that was so good. Like you just, you need to put it on the podcast. And so that is how we came up with today's topic. So I know it's going to be relevant for anyone listening, whether they're just getting started or maybe they've been doing this a year or two. Because I know sometimes, even as long as I've been doing it, there's things that I forget that I'm like, oh yeah, you just, you don't think about it sometimes. And so no matter where you are in your business, I think this is a very relevant conversation just as a reminder or a refresher, even if you've been doing this for a while. And so I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this. So I know with your background in sales, um, that's kind of how we came up with this. And so, or how you came up with this and we're talking about it. So if you were in a consultation, what is the number one thing that you re- like make sure that you do during a consultation as the reminder for our organizers? I always make sure that I ask them when they're ready to book, if they're ready to book, or I think it depends on the client themselves. So I have different closes depending on how the client seems to be with me. Um, I am mostly a direct closer. So it's like, when do you want to schedule? It's not a question of, are you going to or anything like that? 
it works for me. It doesn't work for everybody because not everybody has the confidence to do it. So it's, it's just giving them the, do you want to hire me? Like regardless of whether you think that they're going to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just give them the, the opportunity to, and you tell them, well, contact me when you're ready. That's nobody's going to do that. Mm-hmm. Their life happens and they're not going to remember that they needed to call you and tell you, and then you're going to have to hound them. And then it's just going to feel even worse. So right for me asking for the sale during the consultation gets them on the schedule. So nobody's going to book over top of them. Um, and it keeps you from having to continuously contact them, which in my opinion is harder <laughs> than just mm-hmm. asking for the sale because I'm like, well, I'm bugging them. But if I've already got them on the books, then you're done. I don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's something off their plate because that's the whole point in what we're doing, isn't it? It's like our entire job is to make their lives easier. So if you ask for the sale during the consultation, they're already booked, they've already got it scheduled, and then they can move on with their day and they can continue doing something else. So for me, like it was one of the hardest things when I first started doing sales. I always thought that I was being pushy. It always felt aggressive to ask for the sale. It's like, well, if they wanted to buy it, they would. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to ask mm-hmm. them. Um, but that's not how people work. People want somebody to tell them, yes, you can do this. And that's kind of why people hire professional organizers too, because they need that permission. They mm-hmm. need somebody to tell them, yes, you can get rid of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you can do this. And it works the same for asking them to go ahead and book you. Sometimes it's not even like during an actual consultation. Cause I think the situation that we had in there was, it was during a group setting and this person walked up and was just like, Hey, I love what you do. I'd love to learn more. And that's when it's the asking part. Like it's not even like the in-house consultation. Sometimes it's somebody's interested in what you're doing. Go ahead and ask them to set up the consultation or go ahead and ask them, Hey, I could do this for you and we could work together to fix this or whatever your issues are. So I think that that's the hard part for a lot of people is like, (laughs) Um, to remember that anytime somebody's asking you about it, ask them to book. Like it's, it feels awkward and it's going to the first mm-hmm. few times. And I think the only reason I'm as good as it is I am is because I've done it for years. I was actually telling somebody the other day, even if I had started 10 years ago, I don't think I would be at the place where I am right now to be able to do this the way that I do it if I had started 10 years ago, because there's so many skills that I've gained in that last 10 years, working at Best Buy, working at PetSmart, working at the Children's Museum um, that I wouldn't have had if I had started 10 years ago. And not to say that I wouldn't have gained some sort of experience, but I definitely wouldn't have been in those fields. And those helped me, especially uh, uh, working at Best Buy, (laughs) we got sent around to ask people their phone number to see if they were eligible for a upgrade. And that is one of the most daunting things to do is just walk up to some random person going, can I get your phone number? Um, so I got really good at no by doing that. And that's that's the hardest part with doing sales is waiting for the no is the hardest part because we expect it. We expect mm-hmm. a no. And so we're so nervous that we're going to get a no that we just don't ask. Um, and that makes it even harder because then the client doesn't get what they need and you don't get a sale. So it feels really awkward 
And sometimes you just have to push yourself through it. And the more times you do it, the more you get used to it. But that doesn't say that every time I do a phone consultation with somebody and I ask them to schedule that in the back of my mind, I'm not going to still say no. That's, <laughs> that never really goes away, but you get really good at managing it and going ahead and preparing for it. Like if they say no, it wasn't meant to be, wasn't a client I was supposed to have or whatever you need to tell yourself. Because the other thing is we tell ourselves stories mm-hmm. and they're not necessarily true. We tell themselves mm-hmm. a story of, well, this person isn't going to hire me because I'm not really a professional. And especially when you first start out, you feel that imposter syndrome constantly. <laughs> it's just like, can I even do this for them? Like I'm giving them all this information and telling them I can do this, but can I actually? And that's where a lot of times people don't ask for the sale because they don't even have the confidence that they could do it. So it's almost like this is an out. Mm-hmm. Like I get to get to not have to work with this person because I didn't ask. And then they can't tell me no. And then it's it's kind of the whole self-fulfilling prophecy type thing where you never get to do it. So therefore, you never get to prove that you can. I know for me, that was an issue when I first started. It was just like, I'm good at asking for the sale, but a lot of it came from the confidence of, okay, I booked this person. Can I actually do what I just told them I can? (laughs) Yeah. And that's for all of us, I think, when we first get started, because it's not like we're a hairstylist that went to school and learned each particular thing. And then now all of a sudden we can say, well, here's my degree. I learned all these things. I've got all this confidence. Almost any job that anyone has, for the most part, they go get qualified for the job first. And for us, we decide, like, we know we can do it in our own homes, but doing it in our own homes and doing it for a client are two totally different things. And so, of course, we all have those moments where we're like, um, can I? And I remember hearing a podcast, I don't even know whose it was, but they were talking about the more no's you get, the closer you get to the yes. And that was super powerful for me when I first got started because I'm like, okay, give me a no. That just means I'm getting Mm -hmm. closer to the person that's finally going to say yes. And I knew if I could just get started, that I could get some momentum going. And I also knew, like I say I knew because our mindset is everything. Managing our thoughts and figuring out what am I thinking and paying attention to those thoughts and making sure, are they actually true? Like the thoughts that I'm allowing myself to think. So I I got to where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell my, like, truly, I'm going to tell myself and I'm going to believe if I can just get in front of the client, I can get the session. Mm-hmm. And it just became part of who I was. I knew if I could get the consultation, I could make the sale and I could do the session. And I knew if I could at least get that first session, they would see what I could do. And I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is exactly what you said of, can I actually do what I'm saying I can do. What I tell a lot of the girls, because just the other day, this came up for one of the newer girls in the membership and she got her first session and she was freaking out like, oh my gosh, what do I do? And I'm like, you just start. In that moment when you walk in and you are super overwhelmed because you will be, quit looking at the big picture, find a place to start and just start. And then know that if you need to message me on the fly on the back end, since you're a member in the group, I'm here for you. Like, I'll get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. But I think sometimes just knowing someone's got our back if we have a question, not that most people even have questions. It's just knowing someone like, okay, I could reach out and ask the question if I need to. 
But also I asked her, I'm like, how did it go? And she said, exactly what you said. I walked in, I was overwhelmed, but I heard your voice in my head telling me like, just pick a spot and get started. And so I did. And before I knew it, the session was done. Everything looked awesome. You know, like it worked. And I think for a lot of us remembering that, like there is a reason this works for a lot of us. And it's because it really is pretty simple if we can get out of our own way. Technically, the reason that that works for us to be able to do this is because that's what we're doing for our clients, too. And that's why a lot of people that are professional organizers are so empathetic for their clients, because literally it's what our brain goes through every single time we walk in. And I tell my clients that constantly. I tell them, Mm -hmm. they're just like, well, your house must be pristine. And I'm just like, no, Mm -mm. it's not. Doing this for somebody else is totally different than doing it for yourself. But it's one of those things that I I let them know that even when I walk into some places, I'm overwhelmed. But you just pick a spot and start. And I actually told my client today that um, we were in her garage and she got to a box that had a bunch of miscellaneous stuff in it. The big stuff she didn't have any issues with because it was like, yes, no, it was like one big thing. Um, But when she got to the box of the little teeny tiny thing, she's like, I don't want to. I was like, well, we're gonna. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because that's how it works. Just pick one thing out of it. Don't look at the whole box. Just pull one piece out. Say yes or no. Pull the next piece out. Say yes or no. And at the end of the, we were putting away the trash and everything. And she is just like, how do you do this? And I'm just like, I have to remind myself too. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Some people don't like that analogy because well, who else to eat an elephant? But (laughs) (laughs) um, it it works for me because even I have to do that when I walk into a client's house. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Every client is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I even tell them? And, and the other problem for me is with the imposter syndrome, like I can't explain to people what I do. I don't know how to tell you how I do what I do. I don't. Calling all passionate professional organizers. Whether you are just getting started or you've been at this a while, exciting news awaits. Our revamped professional organizers coaching community is set to launch in September. And I am inviting you to be a part of this transformative journey. But hurry, enrollment is only going to be open from September 1st to September 10th. We're taking our commitment to your success up a notch. For just $47 a month, brace yourself for an enhanced experience that's designed exclusively for you. Every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern, we will meet. Throughout the month, you'll immerse yourself in two impactful group coaching sessions, one dynamic workshop, and a focused co-working session. As if that's not rewarding enough, the first Sunday of each month at 6 p.m. Eastern brings a bonus enriching group coaching session. And girl, we know that life gets busy, so we've got you covered. Our replay vault ensures you won't miss a moment. Can't attend a live session? Catch up on the replays at your convenience. Plus, remember, your membership fee qualifies as a legitimate business expense, making this a smart tax write-off. Our sisterhood offers unwavering support, accountability, and boundless inspiration. Your journey is our journey, and together we will thrive. You can find the links in the show notes below, or you can go to proorganizerscoach.com slash join to fill out your application, and we will see you in September. And so it's really hard for me to break that down during a consultation. And then after I finally get through with all that, then having to ask for the sale, I'm exhausted by the time I get done with the consultation. 
Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to forget and just be like, okay, well, we'll talk later and then walk out and then go, crap, I forgot to ask. So it's just getting that. And sometimes it's, it's creating yourself a script um, and reading it so many times that when you get to the end of the sale, it's just, this is what comes out of my mouth. And, And it's just like that muscle memory. You don't have to think about it. And again, sometimes it depends on the client, but honestly, most, I've noticed that most people, find one sales thing that works for them with every client because it is them like it is the way that I sell to people is me like I am not a pushy salesperson I want you to want it because you want it and it's all about you Um, and I think what also happens to people is they hear that in the client and the client's not sure if they can afford it if they want to do it if they're ready for it whatever the thing is and that's when people stop People mm-hmm. don't continue pushing them because then they're like, oh, well, I'm I'm going to be I'm going to let you figure this out for yourself. All it is is figuring out more information. So um, one of the things that at almost every sales job I've had is take no less than three notes, because all no's do is give you more information. Mm-hmm. So it's like, no, I'm not ready. OK, well, what would make you ready? No, I think that's too expensive. OK, what can we do for the price? Can we do financing? Can we do? So it's every no is a reason. Every no is a something going on in that person's head. It's not about you at all. It's about, am I even ready for this for themselves? Mm-hmm. Like, do I want to book this person? Because can I even mentally take take this? Um, so when you get the no, just ask for clarification because it's not a no to you. This person contacted you. This person is wanting the service. So it's not a no for you. It's a no to a circumstance. It's a no to something going on in their own head. And until you find out what that is, you're never going to close the sale because they're always going to have that hesitation. So for me, I had to learn. I used to just accept the first no. It was just like, no, I don't want that. Or when it was a phone case or a screen protector or something like that. And the I know that's not quite equated, but it is because I would take, no, I don't want those accessories as I don't need them. I can't afford them or whatever, but I didn't ask. I would let them know the benefit of it. Like, okay, well, if you don't put a case on it and you don't put a screen protector on it, most people drop their phone within the first 36 hours of owning it. If you don't have a case when you go home, you're going to break it. If I hadn't explained that to them and that's what happened, that's on me, not them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it felt pushy to me when I first started doing it. But then I realized that I'm giving them the benefit. If they still say no, okay, whatever. But maybe they didn't know that. Maybe there was some information that they didn't know. And they're saying no, just because I think society kind of teaches people to say no to sales stuff. Well, they're just trying to upsell you. You don't really need it. But when we care enough about our clients, being pushy is actually one of the nicest things that we can do to them because they're already timid in the same way that we are when we walk in that first day. Mm -hmm. So without having that person going, you can do this. Let's go ahead and get you booked. What day works for you? That that for me is a really good closing line for me because it's like what day works for you? Mm-hmm. Um, because then it doesn't feel too pushy, but it gives them, it gives it back to them a little bit. Of, well, let me look at my calendar. And then that also distracts them from that little bit that was going on in their head because now they're looking at a calendar. They're, they're distracted by something else and it helps them want to say yes easier. 
Yeah. So Well, and it gives them time too. Like one thing I've learned as a life coach and getting certified through the life coaching is holding space for someone Mm-hmm. And asking powerful questions. That's that's like the essence of coaching, right? Like the bigger picture. And when you're doing that in a consultation and you are holding the space and no matter what they say, you're still continuing to ask questions. It gives them a minute to process how they're actually feeling. Because sometimes when you first walk in, they're nervous, we're nervous, like the energy's kind of off a little And so giving people a moment to just kind of show you around, let them calm down. That's why I always go and I'm like, hey, can we sit down and talk for a minute after they've shown me everything? Because one thing I've learned is that they'll show me every nook and cranny and everything in their entire home. And then they just kind of look at me like, okay, now what? From that moment, I'm always like, hey, can we go sit down like the dining room table or on the front porch or in the living room, wherever? Let's go sit and chat for a minute. And by that point, they're already comfortable because we've talked a little along the way, gotten to know each other a little bit. And then once we're sitting down and and talking, it's exactly what you said, where I'm like, okay, so what is your work schedule? What days work best for you? I just assume we're going to work together so much so that the other day I had a lady and I was having her sign my contract and she goes, I'm not signing that. And I was like, okay, just signing my contract does not mean that you're setting up a day or like you owe me any money. I was like, I'm Mm -hmm. just getting you to sign the contract because I had already assumed she was going to work with me. (laughs) And so she's like, well, I want to get other quotes from other people. And I was like, I mean, that's fair. I understand. And I was like, I completely get it. Were there any other questions you had for me? Because at this point, she had already like a couple of times acted like she was just, you know, we weren't doing it. And so I figured it was a hard no for her. And I didn't hear from her for like two weeks. I'm like, oh, well, there went that job. It was a whole house. I could have done the whole house, you know, is what I kept. And I'm like, whatever. Like, obviously, we weren't meant to work together. Well, two, two and a half weeks later, all of a sudden, she calls me and goes, hey, can you be here this Thursday? And I'm like, no, no, no. no. Hold on. That is not how this works. <laughs> I'm like, first off, I'm booked out like two weeks. But second off, so you've decided to go with me. Is that what I'm hearing you say? It's like people don't even clarify with us sometimes. And so the more questions we can ask and the more that we can help them get clarity, because half the time they don't even know what they want. Like, I don't know how many that's times why I've they had called people. us to begin with. <laughs> yes, that's what I was about to say. I don't know how many times when someone calls, they're like, listen, I don't know what I need. I know I need something. Not really sure what it is, but maybe you can provide what I need. I hear that all the time. And I'm sure you do too. <laughs> and that's why asking for the sale is so important because they don't know that they need to ask. They don't know that they can ask. They don't know that that's our job. It's not their job. It is our job to be like, okay, this was a great session uh, or great consultation. I'd love to come help you. What day works for you? I actually don't like sitting down with them. That's, <laughs> that's the first one. I actually like standing in the space that's the worst. Because for me, it almost feels like there's more of an urgency while I'm talking to you because you're now still uncomfortable in the space that you don't like. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I work. Yeah. <laughs> because I understand that this is making you uncomfortable. And I intentionally want to make sure that you stay uncomfortable and remember why you called me. If mm-hmm. we go into a room that's all nice and clean and we sit at a table, um, you might forget, like, and it's not forgetting, forgetting, but it's, that urgency is gone. So a lot of times I'll intentionally stand 
end with them because I do everything through my phone anyway, just temporarily put them in the thing. And I, I email them the contract. So that's not something I do right then. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I intentionally make them stand in the space that makes them uncomfortable. And I usually pick the spot that that's their worst. Like I mm-hmm. pick the spot that that's like their biggest pain point because, and it's just like, while we're working with them, they forget their why. They forget mm-hmm. why they're doing this. They forget why they called us. Um, they forget why this was important to them. And we have to remind them during that. And it's, it's almost the same during the consultation because well, I called you and now you kind of made me feel, because honestly talking about it makes people feel better. Yeah. And so they sometimes will forget that it was still as bad as it was while we're sitting there and then we leave and they remember. So for me, like I said, I just keep them in the, the worst part of the house <laughs> and, and get them to go ahead and book with me right then. And then like, okay, when I get home, I'll send you a contract. Um, I don't like calling it a contract because it's got such a negative connotation in the world. Like you're not stuck with me by signing this. Right. So I, I call it a service agreement. I was like, it just explains what's going to happen and what I expect of the, uh, of you as a client instead of calling it a, a contract. Cause people think that they're locked into something if you say contract. So I, I think um, you're right. I like the word service agreement a lot better because just in the past, I don't know, month, I've had two different people that when I go to hand them the contract, because I use the word contract, it's almost like they think they have to work with me for a year or like some kind mm-hmm. of, and the other day I was at a lady's Subscription, um, yeah. Yeah, and so, and there's so many things that people don't want to, you know, be, but like everything now has a monthly option. And so when they hear the word contract, they get in their head, but the bug guy was there. And I overheard, so I had to stand there for a minute and wait to walk in the door. And I overheard her talking to her bug guy and she, and he mentioned the word contract. And she's like, well, what does that mean? Like, what do you mean a contract? And he was like, oh, that means that you're signing up with us for like a year and that we'll be here once every three months. And, you know, and I was like, oh, it kind of even gave me like like. a, yeah. And so I'm like, okay. So I do like that word a whole lot. I may go change mine. (laughs) At the top of it. I, I think mine says still contract, but when I call it, I don't call it a contract. That when I tell them I'm going to send you my service agreement, I mean, I think it's still, but it, within the, the title, it, within the, the wording, it says service agreement. So like the top yeah. says contract, but the rest of it says this, but will hereby be known as service agreement or whatever. Um, so I just think it makes people more comfortable because I think they just understand that it's guidelines. Like it's not right. I have to work with you in a certain amount of time or for a certain amount of time. And and I think partially my sales background helped with that too, because of course I did phone sales. There is a contract. <laughs> like you're stuck with it. Once yeah. you buy this phone, you're stuck with it for two years. So it's, it is very much wording when we say it and it's just figuring out what wording works for you because other people, they contract and nobody blinks an eye at it. Yeah. Um, when I worked for IHG, there was a woman that like, I would listen to her calls and I was like, if I talked to a client like that, I would be fired. Yeah. But there was just something about her personality that people just accepted her. She's very sarcastic. She was very jokey with people <laughs> and it was very, very rude jokes. But for some reason she pulled it off, but it didn't work. It would not work for me and it probably wouldn't work for most people. So it's, it's not trying to fight who you are. And I think that that's what people do is like they, they read all this sales stuff and they're just like, oh, well, I need to sell like this. No. no. I mean, when working in a department with, I think I had six or seven coworkers, every single one of us sold differently because we're different people. Um, and I know they always tell you you're supposed to 
take it by the client or by the customer, but there is something about you that's going to come through regardless of how that person is. Um, and if you find what works for you, then stick with it. Like it, it doesn't matter what other people are telling you. It doesn't matter as long as it's working for you. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares if there's another option out there? Who cares if this is working for this person? It doesn't matter if it's working for you. I am not an aggressive seller. I put it all in the on the clients. I ask, but it's all on the client. I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to book you this day. I throw it back at them and let them make the decision on their own. Because if they can do that, then that also, in my brain, lets me know that they're ready to work with me. Because if I can throw something back at you and you have a decision, then that means you're going to be able to make decisions during our session. So some of the consultation is not just about selling. Some of it is Mm -hmm. about learning your client and understanding, is this person even in the place to do this? Because if they're constantly hemming and hawing all the way through the consultation and you ask them for the sale and they're still hemming and hawing and you clarified everything and done all that and they're Mm -hmm. still hemming and hawing, they're not ready. They were never ready for this. That's when you go, all right, when you're ready to book with me, (laughs) call me. Which is still kind of a, is still kind of a sale, asking for a sale close, but it is throwing it back at them for you contact me when you're ready. Um, and some people, that's that kick in the butt that they need because it's like, oh, this person's about to walk away from me. Oh no, I don't want that to happen. I need this. And now I'm going to go ahead and look. Yeah. Well, so, I even had that happen yesterday where I went and did a session. And it was literally like I did the session I was booked, like originally booked for. She kept saying she only needed me for this one part of her house. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And so I came and did the session. We got completely done. I leave. And then last night I sent her the photos. I was like, man, that was such a good session today. And was just giving her a few compliments because she kicked butt during the session. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden she came back with, when's your next day available? Because I'd really like to do my other closet. And I'm like, all right, yes. And so I sent her my availability. But sometimes we are figuring out if they are a good fit for this as much as they are figuring out what we can do. And I think sometimes we give all of the power to the client to book us. Because just the other day, this came up for one of the newer girls in the membership. She had a guy reach out to her. He was supposed to move in like 10, 15 days. Like it wasn't very long. But she only had two days to give him between that day and the day he needed to move. He said it would only take six hours to get his house packed. And I'm like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm like, send me the photos. Let's talk about this. Let's look over the photos and figure this out. And because she still knew her, she was in a place of, but I really want the sale. I really want the the sessions. And I'm like, I understand. But you also don't want to get yourself in a situation Where A, you can't finish packing this guy before the day he's supposed to move out. B, you're going to be so overwhelmed. (laughs) And on top of that, when she sent the photos, it was almost like not a hoarding situation, but there was a lot of stuff. And I'm like, there is no way that you're going to be able to get this done in the time frame. Now, had he called you a month ago, maybe. Because sometimes our clients' expectations are way too high for what they think we can get done. And we're almost setting ourselves up for a bad review or failure Mm -hmm. because of their expectations, not ours, theirs. And so, and we have to help bring their expectations down. So when she called me, it was almost like she just needed permission to say no, because sometimes 
even like we think we need all of these clients. We think we need all of these sales. And one thing I know is all of the sessions that I have taken that I had some kind of type of feel of like, I really probably should not be doing this. Every single one of those I have regretted and they have not been worth the hassle and the money or like, you know, for the money that I got. And so once we talked it out for a few minutes, I'm like, do you really think you can do this? And she's like, no, you're right. I need to just pass him along, tell him maybe to hire movers. And she even said, I need to let him know this is going to take longer than six hours, no matter who he hires. Mm -hmm. He may still tell the next person it's only going to take you six hours. And then that's on him. It's not on her anymore. But also clients like that want a scapegoat. Because if I told you six hours and it took you longer, then that's your fault, not mine. Right. Uh, So that's that's also that goes into boundaries that goes Mm -hmm. into telling people what they don't want to hear. But it's the thing that they need to hear. And it's the thing that's going to make sure that you don't end up dealing with the situation in the end. So. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's as a business owner, you have to be able to see that and just call it for what it is in the beginning. Yeah. So the point being for all of this is, you know, ask for the sale. When you are in the consultation, making sure you do not walk out that door without asking for the sale. And I literally almost did this the other day, which is so funny that we were talking about this now because I about left. I got out to the car and I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't put her on the books. And so I turned around and went back in mm-hmm. because I'm like, hold on, what day are we doing the session? Because I just assumed. Also being like, able, being confident enough to do that is actually really hard too. It's like, well, I already left. I guess I'll just deal with it later. No, turn around and walk back. Like, yeah, it, it is, it is a skill. It is something that you're going to have to remind yourself of. And if you remember on the way to your car and you forgot there, you're going to continue forgetting if you just drive away. But if you go, oh, hold on a minute, they're going to appreciate that. And your brain's going to start remembering to do it every time you do a sale too. Yeah. Well, and it's even just as simple as I put reminders on my phone to take the before photo the morning of each session I have because I literally always get there and get so excited to jump right in. I just start working. Yeah, I forget to take the before photo. And then I always regret it at the end because I'm like, oh, this would have been such a good before and after. And Mm -hmm. I I enjoy showing the clients after I leave the before and afters, like I send them to them. And it always makes them like, oh my gosh, look at how much we got done. Or sometimes at the end of a session, if I feel like they haven't already booked the next days that I'm going to come, I'll show them the before photo from that day's work. And they'll Mm -hmm. look and be like, was it really that bad? And I'm like, yeah, so when are we booking the next one for the next, you know, area or whatever? But yeah, so there's so many things like setting up, even if it's, oh, I'm doing a consultation, let me put a notification in my phone that will pop up for 30 minutes later from when I'm supposed to be there. So I know I'm in the house talking to them and it pops up, ask for the sale. Whatever you need to do to remind yourself, like Mm -hmm. this is your business. You are responsible for figuring this stuff out and working this stuff out in our own heads. If we don't, we're never going to make it work as a business. Like we have to grow. We have to learn how to do these things. And so I appreciate you so much for reminding us, ask for the sale. Worst thing, do say no. And then ask them why (laughs) or not why, just not the word why. But you know, remember asking for the sale is not, it's not just during the consultation. Asking for the sale is also when somebody asks you what you do. Absolutely. It's not just telling them what I do. It's, hey, this is what I do. When would you like me to come see what I can do for you? Because that is 
closing the sale or asking for the sale too, even though you're not finishing, it's still asking for the sale. It's still getting the, getting your foot in the door. That's actually literally from an old sales technique. They would literally put their foot in the door so the person <laughs> couldn't close it on them. That's, that's what that means. That, that literally means I'm going to literally put my foot in the door so you can't close the door on me so I can continue talking to you. That was a sales technique that was used previously. And now we just use it as a metaphor, but it was literally put my foot in the door. And so putting your foot in the door is really important because people automatically want to say no to everything because they're sold to all the time. And they think that it might not be beneficial for them. And, but unless you tell them, I can do this for you, when would you like to set up a consultation? That's closing the sale too. Absolutely. And on that note, tell us real quick where people can find you, where you are on Instagram, Facebook, all the goodness. <laughs> I am on Facebook and Instagram at, at RightyTidyGSO. And um, I have my own website, which is RightyTidyGSO.com. Perfect. Awesome. And if you guys want to go follow Kristen, I will put her links in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for being a part of the group and being on the podcast and for reminding us to ask for the sale. And for you listening or watching, we will see you in the next one. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Pro Organizers Coach podcast. If you've gotten any value from today's episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us grow and it warms my heart to hear from you. And make sure to stay connected with us on socials at Pro Organizers Coach. Then go to ProOrganizersCoach.com to find all the ways that we can help you succeed in your business. You have the power to make a difference in people's lives through decluttering and organization. Keep honing your skills, embracing those challenges, and fostering connections within our organizing community. Progress will come with every step, so keep pushing forward and you will achieve your dreams. Girl, you've got this.